If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you. What a very special, well, Erev Shabbos and Shabbos this is. The Erev Shabbos today is Chamisha Hussar, the 15th of Menachem Av. And as our sages tell us, the 15th of Menachem Av is one of the most important festivals that we have. In fact, they say the two most important festivals that we have is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and today, the 15th of Menachem Av. Interesting. What is that holiday all about? We've discussed it often in the past, but again, important to examine it every single year to understand its significance, its purpose, and how it applies to us in life, the meaning that it has, the purpose that it has. The Parsha of Etchanan, what an incredible Parsha it is. It contains two, what we might consider, of the most important aspects of Torah. On the one hand, it contains the repetition of the Aseret that he brought the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, which of course is what happened at Sinai. God himself came down and delivered the Torah to the Jewish people, symbolized by the Ten Commandments, engraved on those incredible luchot, those incredible stones that forever remind us of our bond with God, the luchot, stones that contain the Ten Commandments. It also contains that incredible passage of Torah, the Shema, which forms the fundamental part of our Jewish daily prayer, twice a day. In fact, perhaps even three times a day, we recite the Shema, a declaration of our faith in Hashem, a declaration of what it means to be one who is connected to God. This Parsha is so full of everything that highlights our relationship with Hashem. And it comes in the parsha of Etchadam. The Shabbos also has a special name. It's one of those times that the Shabbos itself has a special name. The Shabbos is called Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of Consolation. And not once but twice, the prophet Isaiah says, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, my people, may you be comforted twice and why the double language? Why is it necessary to comfort the people twice? Our sages tell us, well, for the first temple and the second temple, but the meaning is far deeper than that. There is a far more important aspect to the double consolation. It's not only for the first and second temple. It's also because consolation is something that has to be understood on a deeper, perhaps double level, as we'll talk about soon. The Parshava Et Chadan opens with, well, a very interesting, a very poignant, and perhaps a bit of a painful moment in the life of Moshe. He talks to us about how Hashem told him that he would not be going into the promised land. And Moshe says again and again and again, I asked Hashem, please allow me to come into the promised land. In actual fact, the numerical value of the word Be'et Hanan is 515. Our sages tell us he asked Hashem, he pleaded with Hashem 515 times, 515 times to allow him to come into the promised land. And he was refused. And one wonders, why is it 
that he actually asked Hashem so many times. And why Hashem refused? After all, if anyone deserved to go into the promised land, it was Moshe. Yes, we know, Hashem said, because you hit the rock, you didn't speak to the rock. It was actually, well, as far as we are concerned, a minor, a minor sin, if a sin at all. And if Moshe understood that God said no the first time, why would he repeat it? Not only once, twice, 515 times. And why is this told to us at this particular time, at this particular parsha? But Hanan is always read after the week of Tishabov, after the fast of Tishabov, after we experience what Tishabov represents, the destruction of the first and second temple, the exile of the people. Shabbos Nachamu is always Va'etchanan. Why is this told to us that Moshe was refused the privilege, the gift of going into the promised land? Why is this told to us at the Parsha of Nachamu, the Parsha of Consolation? Consolation, as we know, is not merely easing the grief, easing the pain, receiving a degree of comfort. Yes, that is an important aspect when a person goes through tragedy, loss, there is pain. And it's important to somehow be consoled, to somehow be comforted, to ease that pain, to ease that difficulty. And with the passage of time, of course, it becomes easier and easier. But that's not the ultimate consolation. That's not what true consolation is all about. Because deep within the grief, the pain, the sense of loss is always there. It never ever leaves. And this is why the Parsha of Nachamu is double. Because what the Prophet is saying to us, that it won't be merely comfort and consolation as we understand in terms that we go through in the present experience. It'll be a double consolation. That all grief, all pain, all sense of loss will be removed because Hashem will reveal to us the ultimate purpose of why we had to experience that difficulty. And not only why we had to experience that difficulty, but why ultimately that difficulty contained within it an ultimate blessing as well. As difficult as that might be for us to understand, because actually when we go through an experience of pain and loss, there is just that, a sense of grief, a sense of loss, a sense of pain. And it's difficult for us to see anything beyond that particular emotion, that particular feeling. The Prophet is saying, with the coming of Mashiach, ultimately, Nachamu, Nachamu, we will have the double consolation. Not only will the feeling of loss and grief and pain be removed, but ultimately we will see why that experience was necessary, why that experience in fact contained within it not only a blessing, but a tremendous blessing, a great blessing. And this is something which is so important for us to understand. We who live in the darkness of exile, we who live in the darkness of a world that distorts 
the presence of godliness. We who live in the world that unfortunately doesn't allow us to see the ultimate truth of a situation. We only see the superficial dimensions of a situation. We only see the outer coating. We don't see the inner dimension. And because of that, on the outer coating of a situation, we only experience a limited dimension of what that experience is all about. However, the Prophet Yeshayahu was telling us, Nachamu, Nachamu, when Mashiach will come and true consolation will come, that outer coating, that outer distortion will be removed and we will see the essence, the essential purpose of what that is all about. And that's the double consolation, Nachamu. And this Shabbos is called Shabbos Nachamu because we have a sense, we have a feeling, we have a slight taste of that double consolation. It comes right away. The first Shabbos after Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av when we feel a tremendous sense of sadness, of loss, of pain. Not one but two temples destroyed, people going into exile, a tremendous sense of loss, a tremendous sense of wondering what is it all about? Why has this incredible darkness descended upon our people again and again? And not only then, but throughout history, the time of Tisha B'Av brought with it such incredible tragedy to the Jewish people. Ancient history, recent history. Tisha B'Av unfortunately carries with it a reminder of great sadness. Shabbos comes along. We read the Haftarah of the prophet Isaiah. How does it begin? Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. It tells us, remember, the truth is yet to come. The promise of consolation is yet to come. Not only will the pain and sadness and loss be removed, but the ultimate purpose will be exposed as well. Not only will you feel a tremendous sense of ease and comfort, you will see the truth of the situation, something which is far beyond that which appears. And this is the greatness of the Shabbos. The Etchanan is always approached with a happy heart, with a tremendous sense of hope, of faith, of something that is great. Yes, we know that we've experienced great difficulty, but Nachamu reminds us that that's not the ultimate purpose and that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is yet to come because there is the double consolation of Nachamu which this Shabbos represents. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So we're talking about this incredible Parsha. A Parsha that, well, on the one hand, speaks about the Ten Commandments, the Aseret Adibrot. It also speaks about the Shema, one Parsha should contain these two powerhouse parts of Torah, the Ten Commandments, that wonderful, wonderful moment when Hashem came down on Sinai and hand-delivered His commandments to the Jewish people. And the Shema, 
the declaration of our faith. Who doesn't know the Shema? Every morning, every evening, before we go to sleep, Shema symbolizes the incredible bond that we have with Hashem, with God. But upon closer examination, what is the difference between the Ten Commandments and Shema? What is the striking difference between the two? And as we look at the wording of each, we see tremendous, tremendous insight that gives us an understanding how each one plays a significant but different role in our relationship with Hashem, in our purpose here in this world. The Ten Commandments, how does it begin? I am God, your God, who took you out of Egypt and delivered you from bondage from a house of slaves. That's how it begins. God tells us, who am I? He stands at Sinai. And before he gives us the law, before he gives us the instructions, the commandments, how we should behave, what does he say to us? He says to us, I am God, your God, that took you out of bondage, took you out of slavery. I made you a free people. What does that mean? God could have said something entirely different. If God wanted to tell us how great he is, God could have said, I am God, your God, who created heaven and earth. I am God, your God, who brought all of existence into being. But no. God speaks about a specific event. God says, I am at this moment revealing myself to you in a particular sort of way. I am God, your God, who took you out of Egypt. What does that mean? What Hashem is saying to us is, I am God, your God, who intervenes within history in order to rescue you and guide you and deliver you from difficulty from time to time. I am God, your God, not who creates heaven and earth and remains in heavenly realms, who is great beyond description. Of course, that's God. God, so to speak, with a snap of his fingers, can create universe upon universe upon universe. What God is saying, I am with you, within the dimensions of your physical lives. I am there while you are in Egypt, while you are enslaved, while you are in difficult circumstances. I am there with you. And I will be there in order to deliver and take you out of those circumstances. What Hashem is saying, I am God who is involved in your history, in your destiny, in your personal experience of life. I am not God who is beyond, up there somewhere. I am not God. I'm not making a declaration about my greatness because I am there. I am here. I am with you. I am God involved within the time-space reality of your own existence. And therefore, because I am God who is involved within the time-space reality of your own existence, this is where you must function. 
And how do you function? What are the Ten Commandments? Seemingly very simple things. Honor your parents. Keep the Sabbath. Don't kill. Don't steal. Live a moral life. Because Hashem is saying, I am God who is concerned that your behavior should be correct within the dimensions of time and space of a limited physical world. That's where you have to function. That's where you have to behave correctly and properly. Because that's where I am with you. I am there with you within the physical restriction and limitation of your own lives. And that's where you have to prove your commitment to me within the physical dimensions of your own life. Working six days, resting on the seventh. Honoring your parents. Not having idols. Living a moral life. Interacting properly with your neighbor. Not killing, not stealing. What seems to be ordinary, that's where Hashem says, you will prove to me in those so-called ordinary aspects of life, that's where you will prove to me that you are connected with me. Because that's who I am. I took you out of Egypt. I am God within history, within the time-space reality. Let's move to the Shema. What does Shema say? Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Achod. God is declaring His absolute unity, His absolute oneness, His onlyness. What does He say after that? You have to. You shall love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Then He speaks about His greatness, the absolute unity within all of creation, within the entire realm of the worlds, the higher worlds, the lower worlds, all of creation symbolizes the absolute unity and oneness and onlyness of God. How do we respond to that? With love. Love is not a physical thing. Love is more of a spiritual thing. Love is an elevation, in a sense, leaving the physical dimension, elevating ourselves to a spiritual type of feeling and activity. That's what divine love and loving the divine is all about. And here we see two powerful dimensions of how we have to interact with Hashem, how we have to display our bond, our commitment, our relationship. There is the Ten Commandments relationship within the physical realm because that's what Hashem is saying to us. I am God who took you out of Egypt. Not God who created heaven and earth. Not God who created the world. I am God who took you out of Egypt. I am within your time-space reality. That's where I function with you. That's who I am. I hold your hand within the trial, the tribulation, the challenges, the opportunities of life that you have on a daily experience as you go through life individually and as a people throughout history. And that's why your actions have to be within that dimension as well, as the Ten Commandments actually portray. The Shema, on the other hand, we leave, to a certain degree, the physical. We leave the dimension of time and space. God says, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem Achad, I am God, your God, 
here and above, beyond all the worlds display only the onlyness, the absolute oneness of God. You have to love him. You have to love, you have to elevate to develop this spiritual dimension, a sense of awe, a sense of greatness, a sense of love, something which symbolizes that which is beyond the time-space reality. We enter the divine, we enter the spiritual, we enter something far greater. And it's these two dimensions that we strive for. It's these two dimensions that we work with. And they both come within the same part to indicate it's not one or the other. It's not this or that. It's both. Yes, there are those who say, well, it's only important to behave properly within the physical realm. And there are those who say, well, it's only important to have these wonderful feelings. No. You have to develop both the Ten Commandment dimension and the Shema dimension because each one plays an important role in terms of developing your ultimate purpose, bond and relationship with God. The relationship of your body with God and the relationship of your soul with God. The body responds to the Ten Commandments. That's where you function. The soul, the responds to the Shema, the love. Your body and your soul are both instruments that have to work for developing this great relationship because each one is significant. We are not only a body. We are not only a soul. We are a combination of both. And both those dimensions have to act both independently and together in unison, to create this incredible relationship that we have for Hashem. And this is why it's contained within one Parsha. This is why it's contained within one unit to tell us that both have to function together. They have to be synchronized. Our body has to serve God. Our soul has to serve God. And each one nurtures the other. Our soul nurtures our body, and our bodies nurture our souls. And both of them declare in their own way, in their own infinite and important way, vital way. Faith in Hashem, relationship with Hashem, what Hashem wants from us. And this is part of the Vo'etchanan experience. Vo'etchanan, as I said before, this is the Shabbos Nachamu dimension. The double consolation. It's not only the body. It's not only the soul. It's not only here. It's not only the hereafter. It's an incredible synthesis of all these elements that comes together. And we begin to see the ultimate truth. Exile. Exile is symbolized by either or dimensions. It's this or that. True redemption is when everything is seen in its proper purpose and everything is seen in its proper place. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We were talking about the unique 
difference between the Ten Commandments and the Shema and how each one plays an important role in our relationship with Hashem. Our bodies connected to Hashem, our souls connected to Hashem, and how they synthesize in order to create a perfect union within ourselves and within Hashem. So we still have the question. Moshe asked God, the Etchanan, 515 times to be allowed to enter into the promised land. And 550 times, it was refused. What was he asking Hashem? And why did he ask Hashem so many times? Knowing Moshe, we know that whatever he asked for wasn't for personal gain. It's not that he himself wanted to go into the promised land so that he could fulfill some sort of, well, purpose. Moshe, first and foremost, his essential purpose was being a leader. And he felt that this new generation going into the promised land, we're going to have to face challenges that the previous generation never really had to face. As we explained over the last few weeks, they were going into a land that they would have to deal with all sorts of new dimensions of working within the physical world, which might, which might overwhelm them materially and more so spiritually. And Moshe felt a tremendous sense of responsibility toward his people. And he felt that his presence would help them overcome these challenges in the new experience in the promised land. He felt that as a leader, he was duty-bound to be there so that he could guide them and show them how to deal with these new challenges which might otherwise have overwhelmed them. Very altruistic. But if that's the case, why did Hashem refuse? Why did Hashem not say, Moshe, you're right. The Jewish people are going into a new set of circumstances, difficult circumstances. You as their leader should be there. Why does Hashem refuse? And the answer is because Hashem is saying to Moshe, Moshe, the time has come for this people to have to work it out on their own. You've taught them. You've guided them. You've shown them as a result of your constant devotion to them what it's all about. Now they have to work on their own. You can't always do it for them. They have to, through their own ability, through their own talent and strength, meet those challenges and rise to the top. You can't always do it for them. But you have to realize that this people will ultimately succeed. Yes, of course, there will be great challenges and great difficulties. But it's up to you to understand that you're going to have to, well, in a sense, step back at this moment and let the people work it out on their own. It's not as if you're, well, letting them, well, sink or swim. Joshua will take care of them. Yes, Joshua is not the same caliber as you. But they will have guidance. But more importantly, they have to do it themselves.
they have to, in a sense, grow up. They have to use their newfound maturity and meet the challenges. It's like a parent. It's like a parent who knows there comes a certain point where they have to step back and allow the child, allow the child to make a mistake or two. Because that's the only way the child will mature and grow. And that's why the Echadam, despite the fact that Moshe felt this tremendous sense of devotion and caring, love for his people, Hashem said, they have to do it on their own. And all of this comes together, as I said earlier on, on Shabbos Nachman, when we speak about true consolation. True consolation is not something that someone can give us. It has to come about as a result of our own experiences and our own insight. When somebody is in a state of, well, sorrow, for instance, grief counseling, a person has experienced loss. And of course, there is a great mitzvah of nichum. We have to comfort others. A great mitzvah. And we try to do our best. And very often we do. But at the end of the day, the person themselves have to come to an understanding of what happened. And it's individual and collective. Individual, we have to come to understand what happens to us in life. Collectively, as a people, we have to understand what happened to us as a people. This is a double consolation. What will happen is not that it will be thrust upon us. We will come to understand. We will mature. We will grow. We will, as a result of our own efforts, receive that ultimate gift. It's not that somebody will constantly give and give and give and allow us simply to sit back and receive the benefits. No. We will have the strength we will have the incredible desire and strength to do whatever we can in order to achieve the proper insight for us to truly understand what in fact has happened and why these things happen. And this brings us to the Shema and the Ten Commandments, the synthesis of body and soul, how the body has to function in a particular way based upon the Ten Commandments, don't kill, don't steal, moral life. Etc., etc., etc. And the Shema, loving God, the actions of the body, the actions of the soul, the actions of the physical, and the actions of the spiritual. This is what it's all about. It's not either or. All these things come together in one parsha. Moshe is begging, I will take care of them. Hashem says, No, they have to do it on their own. I gave them a soul, I gave them a body. You've taught them, you've shown them, you've been a great leader, you've been a wonderful parent. But now it's time for them to do it on their own. This is a great, great parsha. It's a parsha that has so many incredible elements, too many for us to talk about in a short time. But when you are in shul tomorrow, and be in shul tomorrow, get to shul. It's time, if you haven't been yet, get back to shul. And listen to the parsha. And as you read the parsha, listen to every word. Think about it. Think about how you are part of this great 
experience, how you are part of this great Fa'etchanan. Celebrate Nachamu. Celebrate the promise that Isaiah is saying, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. There will be that moment when it will all click. You'll see it. The clarity. The clarity of Mashiach. When all your efforts will come to fruition. Your body, your soul, all of history will make absolute sense in the fullest sense of the word. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to the parsha, And as I say every week, make it your own story. Apply it to yourself. And you will see incredible guidance, answers, and direction in life. The jealous.